Um, this morning, I want us to talk for a little bit about, um, when you start thinking about our Christian faith, and you think about how we live our lives and things that we do, have you ever thought about, does our faith, um, does it make a difference in the things that we do? Does, does, because of our faith, does it change how we do things in our life? Does it change um, uh, just our life in general? Does it change those that's around us because of our faith? If, if we didn't have our faith, would our life be any different? Um, I think the Bible does show us and demonstrate to us that our faith should change our lives, but not only our lives, it should change to some extent, those that are around us. Um, doesn't mean that we can convert everyone. It doesn't mean that we're going to persuade everyone to obey the gospel. But it should affect it in some way. So what I'd like for us to do this morning and discuss for just a little bit is how our faith impacts different areas or how our faith influences or how it makes a difference um, in different places uh, within our life, because we tend to, you know, kind of have our lives in compartments, don't we? You know, we've got each area of our lives, and we, we always say, well, you don't want to bring your work home with you, or you don't want to, uh, um, you know, confuse this with this when it comes to our lives, but really our faith should be in every aspect of our lives, shouldn't it? It should be you know, our life, we want to divide it up like a pizza or a pie. We want to divide it up into different sections or whatever. But we, we, it is different parts, but it has God at the center of it. It has God, our faith, in everything that we do. And I think sometimes we might have a tendency to leave our faith here at the building. You know, our faith comes when we put on our Sunday clothes, you know, when we put on our suits and our dresses and our, our Sunday clothes, that's when our faith comes about. But then when we leave and change into something else, not only do we change our clothes, we change how we act and the things in which we do. So let's look at a few things this morning and see how it affects different areas of our lives. Look in Colossians chapter 3. Uh, let's see. Beginning in... Oh, I'll tell you what, let's go back. Look at Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, beginning in verse 14. It says, You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. It gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, so they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. So this tells us that we are a light to who? To the world. We're a reflection. Jesus is the light. We're a reflection of the light. We're to let that light shine. So anything that we do out in the world, we need to show that, don't we? There, there needs to be a difference in us. There needs to be something in us that is different than the world that causes the world to say, okay, there's something about that. Because remember, the world's in darkness, right? Jesus brought the light. We're a reflection of the light. We're to let that light shine. So darkness, there ought to be a difference. If you can see just a little hint of light, it's something, isn't it? You ever been in, uh, uh, oh, I forgot, what is it, Cumberland Caverns? I remember you used to go there in school and they take you down and what do they do when they get you down there? Turn the lights off. You can't even see your hand in front of your face. And I, I like that for about a second. I'm like, boy, that's cool that I'm like, 
what if these lights don't come back on? That's why I'm in the elevator. Every time the door shuts, I'm like, okay, what if this thing stops? What am I going to do? And then if it waits too long to open up, I'm done panicking and trying to pry the doors open because I'm pretty claustrophobic. But I, I think, boy, that's cool when the light goes out. But then I'm like, well, what if this don't ever come back on? How are we going to get out of here? But then if you just see just a little speck of light, it makes a difference, doesn't it? What does that light give you? It gives you hope. And that's what we should be to the world. That's why Jesus come, isn't it? To give the world hope. So it should make a difference in our social engagements and the things in which we do. Our, our faith should bring hope to the world. But we have to live in such a way that we believe that we have hope. We can't forget that we do. It, needs to, it can't mean anything to anybody else if it doesn't mean anything to us. If we don't think it's going to make our life any different, how in the world can we show that light to anybody else? If we have that light, as it says, but we put it under a bushel, then when you put that light under a bushel, what happens? The room goes dark, doesn't it? It doesn't make any difference whatsoever. It doesn't do any good under that bushel. It doesn't do any good, in, it doesn't do any good if we hide it. So why would we want to hide it? Would there be any reason for us to hide the light? Be ashamed of it. You know, and that's exactly what it is, but can we define in ourselves why in the world we'd be ashamed of it? Is there any reason to be? I think what we think is we're ashamed because now we're different and we don't like to be different. Even if we don't like what somebody else is doing and we think what somebody else is doing is wrong, we still want, don't want to be singled out as different, do we? So what do we do? We kind of play along or we kind of just be a part of it. We may not be doing it, but we just may like to be there and not say anything. Let's just hide this light. Let's don't make a scene. Let's don't do anything because that draws attention to us. But here's the key. How do you let your light shine so it brings glory and honor to the Father, but doesn't bring glory and honor to us, but also doesn't bring a feeling of shame to us. How do we draw the attention from ourselves to God? How do we do that? Because we're letting our light shine. We understand we're not the light. We can go to Corinthians, or Colossians chapter 3, and we can see where uh, uh, when we put on Christ, you don't see us anymore, you see Christ. So... How do we keep from being ashamed but letting that light shine and bringing glory to God? Is there a formula for that? Is there some words that we can say? Some actions that we can do? And that's it. You've you got to have that foundation. You've got to... You know, you got to start. We talked about this, I think, in our teenage class, maybe last week or week before last, maybe, about the truth itself. And when you think about the truth, I, I've got to know the truth. And if I know the truth, I can recognize when it's not the truth, right? That, that's the key to it. I don't have to know every error that's out there. You know, but I do have to know the truth, so if I know the truth, I can discern the error from the truth. So if I have, as Burton says, if I have that background, if I have that knowledge, when I'm placed in situations, I'm going to know what to do because I have the truth. Now, 
it may not be pleasant at times. It may, as, as someone said, <coughs> yeah, the Bible says the truth shall make you free, but it does a whole lot of other things first. It makes people angry. It makes you ashamed sometimes. It, it, it can make you furious. It can do, make you go through all these emotions before it ever sets you free because you don't know what to do with truth. You've been in the darkness. So if we as, as Christians and we want our faith to make a, a, a difference in someone's life, I think we have to understand there has to be some patience, there has to be some long-suffering as God shows to us, because when someone's in darkness, if you've been in darkness for a long time and all of a sudden turn on the light, what happens to you? It's hard to see, isn't it? Jeff, do you have... Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, think about that. I mean, when you think about light, there's just so much that I, that I don't think of sometimes when it compares light to darkness when it comes to our spiritual life is the fact if you just turn that light on, sometimes it takes a little while to get adjusted to it. But also, you want that light to be reliable, consistent. I want to know when that switch is on, it's going to come on because I need it. I need that light to be able to do. So you have to be consistent in doing that. And that's what the world needs to see, but you have to give them time to do that. In 1 Peter 2 and 12, have your conduct honorable among the Gentiles that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. You've got to give them time to do that. So when they look at it and even try to speak evil of you, what are they actually going to say? If they're going to get mad, and, and the world does, and that's what we have to understand, they're, they're not mad at you unless you're shining your light instead of letting your light shine. There's a big difference in that. If someone's got a flashlight and they're holding it in my pathway so I could see, that's one thing. If they're shining it in my eyes where I can't see nothing, that's another thing. And, and we've got to be careful with that. You know, we, we made that analogy before, I'm sure. So you've got to give... One, you've got to give time to do that, but get adjusted to that light and then be consistent with that light. And then the world, they may not agree with it, but they'll respect it. You know, they'll see the benefits that that light can bring even if they don't take advantage of it. There's a lot of people who don't take advantage of it, but they can see what the benefits are. But if we don't show that in ourselves, then we're not going to have any kind of influence when it comes to the world. And he goes on to say how we're salt of the earth, and, and if, it's, if it's lost its flavor, it's good for nothing. There, there's, if it doesn't do the purpose that it's supposed to do, just trample it underfoot. That, that, that's all it's left to do. There's not anything to do. So it needs to make a difference in just our everyday life and the things that we do. And it doesn't matter where we're at. It doesn't matter what social engagement we're doing. It should make a difference, not only in our life, but in those that are around because they may take notice of it. Like Jeff was saying, someone may see someone leading a prayer at, uh, in public there at a restaurant or something. 
And that may distract them as odd. It may say, well, what are they do? But it may cause them to think about that. It may cause them to, uh, to want to maybe investigate it a little more. You know, get, get, them, get them thinking a little bit more. You know, I think about this, uh, especially in going to restaurants, and I don't know if this happens with more people, but it happens a lot when it's just Tanya and myself, and you go in a restaurant, and they're going to set you somewhere. Where do they always want us to try to set you? By the bar, because you're just two, let's get them out of the way, get them over here. And, and, and then they look at you odd and you say, well, I'd rather not, let's, I want, I'd rather sit somewhere. Not that we're going to be sitting up there at the bar or drinking, but when, you, when you're there, it's just, a, to me, just an impression of it. It may, it may be something that's weird, it's just, I don't like being in that area when I'm there, because it, it, it makes a difference, I think. It, it, it's just the influence of it. I, and then they look at you like you're crazy if you want to go somewhere else, and I'm like, well... We, we can go even farther than that. We can go to another restaurant if you want us to. You know, it just irritates me that they look at you like that. But, but to me, too, one thing it does, it makes an impact, doesn't it? It, 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 it makes a difference in, in something that you're doing. Does it mean you're going to burn hell if you sit in there at a the table and eat and there's a bar? Does it matter if it's 20 feet from you or, you know, 100 feet? It doesn't matter. It, it's just the, the impression of it. I think, you know, if you want to stay consistent, I, I just try to stay consistent. I'm just uncomfortable. There's things that make me uncomfortable sometimes, and that's one of them. But when you think about the difference that you make, uh, it does make a difference. But it has to first make a difference to you. It has to make a difference to you in your life, or you can't make any difference in somebody else's. If that light doesn't mean anything to you, it's sure not going to mean anything to anybody else. Because how can you convince them if you can't convince yourself? So it should make a difference there. Uh, look in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 11 and 12. It says that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, to work with your own hands, as we command, uh, commanded you, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside, and that you may lack nothing. Uh, Colossians chapter 3, uh, beginning at verse 22. Bondservants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in sincerity of heart, fearing God. And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance from you, uh, for you serve the Lord Christ. Masters, give your bondservants what is just and fair, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. So think about just not in social things, but think about uh, economically in our work. Do we make a difference in the workplace? Do we have the right attitude? Do we uh, do the things that we're supposed to do? Do we, we earn the wage that we uh, uh, are supposed to earn? Do we act the way that we're supposed to do when, when we're on the job? Um, there's a lot of things that can happen on the job, isn't there? There's a lot of things that individuals can get engaged in. It, it, you know, it talks about here back in 1 Thessalonians, if we can go back to there. That you also aspire to live a quiet life, to mind your own business, to work with your own hands as you commanded, that you may walk properly toward those that are outside, that you may lack nothing. Um, I mean, think of all the things that you see, that I know I see, that when we're in the workplace. There's a lot of gossiping going on. There's a lot of... Uh, uh, people may not be working the way that they're supposed to be working. There's, there's people doing things that they shouldn't be doing. What are you going to do in those situations? You're going to involve yourself in that? 
You want to be part of the gossip? You want to be part of what's going on? You want, there's been a lot of marriages that have failed because of the workplace, hasn't there? There's been a lot of things, uh, reputations that's ruined because of the workplace. There's been uh, uh, just a lot of things in, in a workplace setting that, because you spend a lot of time there. So what, how do you act there? What are some of the things that you engaged in? Do you, give a, uh, do you give all that you can do, knowing that you're not working for that person, but ultimately you're working for God in whatever you do? And sometimes that's hard to distinguish. That, that's hard to look because you may get frustrated. You may not like what you're getting paid, or you may not like what's going on there. And sometimes we can get an attitude, well, if nobody else cares, why should I care? You know, we, we may get into that kind of mindset. But remember, we're letting their light shine. We're different than what the world is. You know, we're, we're, we're different than what everybody else, so we should act like everybody else. Or should we? We should act different, shouldn't we? You know, it's just like when Jesus said, our righteousness has to exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees. Well, scribes and Pharisees did a lot of things that were good, so how can we do something that's better there's something that's got to be able to distinguish us from everybody else when somebody works at us at the where you know i i knew a person that i worked with one time that I, we got to talking about something after a pretty good while and i i felt like i knew this person for a while but then i found out that they were a christian i was around them for a long time and didn't know that they were a christian um, should that be the case? Uh, that, that would be pretty devastating if, if somebody was to say that to me. Or if somebody was talking, I, I can remember talking to somebody one time, and I mentioned this person's name about them being a preacher, and their eye just got big. They were shocked that this person was a preacher. And they started telling me all these things. I worked with this person for years, and here's what they, how they talk, here's things they do, and I, and I was I didn't know what to say, you know. And then it made me think, if somebody was to say, well, I worked with Ronald for this long, what did they know about me? You know, uh, I, I learned very quick. <laughs> Mike and I talk about this a lot at lunch. He always tells me, you know, you're getting what you asked for. You know, I, 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 I'll, I'll talk to him, complain about, well, this person, they're not working like they should, and I'm going to have to do this. And pretty soon you end up by yourself. You know, if you don't think anybody can do it the way that suits you, you end up doing it yourself all the time because you're the only one left. You know, you need to be careful about that. You need to be careful what your attitude is toward individuals and how you, how you work around individuals. Now you, now, you need to be consistent, as Jeff was talking about earlier, and that's one thing, you know, I think you need to give a person, if you're hired to do a job, you need to do that job to the very best of your ability. You know, I, I, I told person that owns funeral home one time he was talking about doing something and I, I said okay I said we'll do that and I, I said I'll, I'll do the very best I can at it and he said well something don't sound right and I said well what do you mean I said I told you I would I'd do it do it the very best of my ability he said you don't agree with it do you and I said I don't sign the checks it doesn't matter if I agree with it or not I'll do it this way you know even if I think it's wrong he said so you think it's wrong and I said absolutely I think it's wrong but I'll do it this way because you signed the checks you know but I'll give all that I got to it, you know, even knowing it's wrong. And I, I can be a little, and we got a little banner where we can go back and forth like that, but 
we still, we may not agree with certain things. Now, I'm not talking about unethical things and things like this. And we may run into that where we have to say, no, I, I can't do this. I can't do this this way because that's not how I live my life. But there are things that really it doesn't matter if we agree with it or not as far as doing things, does it? You got hired to do this and that's the way this person wants it done. Do it. You know, do it to the very best of your ability. Try to do it right, but do it to the very best of your ability. And sometimes I think we can get frustrated. You know, I've worked with people that gets, and, and that, that kind of attitude's contagious. They get, well, well, it don't matter to me. I, I don't own this place. It's not mine. I don't care if it burns down. I don't care if it does this. You know, I don't care. You know, I've always had the philosophy, work at something like it's yours, because your livelihood does depend upon that. You know, do it, just make a decision the very best that you can like it was your livelihood, because it is. But also make that decision based on what's right and what's going to let that light shine. And, and it's easy to get frustrated in the workplace, but it's easy to get caught up in a lot of things that aren't right. You know, I, I've, I've talked to individuals that their marriage had fell apart because of a workplace scenario. You know, they, they got involved in things they shouldn't have got involved in. They started doing things that they shouldn't do. Uh, I, I've, I've talked to people whose reputation was ruined because something happened at work. You know, you, you can get into a lot of things, and if we're, we're not careful, we can be right in the middle of that. You have to make a decision. Like Burton said earlier, you, if we had that knowledge of the truth, you've got to make a decision early on. This is how I'm going to live my life, and... No matter what, I'm going to do what's right. I'm not going to put myself in situations to where something could happen. You know, I, I'd like to think we're all above something bad going wrong, but if you don't put yourself in that situation, you won't ever have to worry about it anyway. And sometimes individuals, unfortunately, don't do that. Um, but our faith has to influence. It has to make a difference, not only to us, uh, but to those that are around. Um, what about in our families? Look in Colossians chapter 3, beginning at verse 18. Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. You know, you think about the family... Uh, structure, the family format, how it's structured. You know, you think about the oldest institution that we know of, what is that? It's the family. And God instituted that. God created that. God structured that. And that, that's what's perfect. Families aren't perfect, but the family structure is perfect if we follow what God says. And where a family starts going wrong is when somebody or all or even one individual within that family decides they're not going to follow that structure, it affects the whole structure, doesn't it? And it's sad when that happens. You know, it's sad when uh, you see the world influence something that God establishes. And I think one of the greatest lights, uh, uh, greatest ways that a Christian can reflect that light is in that family relationship. Because that family relationship, that determines a lot of things. What goes on in that family, if you want to see what our society is going to be like in 10 years, if you want to see what the church is going to be like in 10 years, you know what you have to look at? 
Look at the family now. If you look at the family dynamics now, the family structure now, how families are now, you're going to see what it's going to be like in 10 years. Because that's where it starts. That's where it begins. It begins with what parents are teaching children, what the structure that's there, the relationship between the husband and wife, the relationship between the parents and the children. Uh, uh, it affects everything that goes on in our society. What are we reflecting? What are we showing? In Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. You know, it's the job of the husband toward the wife or the wife toward the husband and especially the parents toward the children, that, that is so important when it comes to our, our Christian life and how we reflect that light to the world. And it's not easy to be the husband that you're supposed to be. It's not easy to be the wife that you're supposed to be. And it's sure not easy to be the parents that you're supposed to be when the majority of the world's parents aren't. Is it easy to raise kids in a world where other parents aren't? It's not easy. Uh, there's a lot of saying no when everybody else is saying yes. There's a, there's a lot of making a distinction when nobody else does, it seems like. And it's, it, 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 it's not easy to do. I'm telling you, I, just from experience, it, it's not easy. If uh, I mean, God knew what he's talking about when he... Uh, 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 made the wife to be a, a, a help meet to the husband because that has to be for, you know, to raise them the way it's supposed to be. You know, it's hard. It, it, it's hard to do the right things. You make mistakes the very best you can do. But your faith yourself has to influence your children's so it can influence the world. But it goes back to what Jeff said earlier. It has to be consistent. has to be consistent, you know. Uh, and everything that you do in, in your home life, it, it almost seems like, especially as a Christian, that you're uh, living a glass house, doesn't it? That the world is watching. How are you going to handle this? And it's not that your family's perfect. They're watching and say, okay, here's something went wrong. How are they going to handle that? You know, here's something that goes wrong. How are you going to handle that? Just because, you know, you're, you're faithful doesn't mean... Your, your children are going to be here. Just because your children are here doesn't mean you're going to... I mean, there's a lot of things that happens throughout uh, the course of, of a family life. But when you're doing everything you possibly can to the very best you can, there's still going to be all kinds of things that come up. It's how you handle those things. It's how you uh, look at those things. And the influence and the consistency that you have. And ultimately, in the end, it's, it's going to pay off. And it's going to pay off as far as you being pleasing to God. But all you can do is the best that you can do. But if you don't ever try, you don't ever do it, there's, there's no hope for it to ever work out, is there? There's no hope for that light to be if you don't ever let that light shine to begin with. If there's no light in the home, there's not going to be any light around it. There's got to be that light in the home. But, <clears throat> you know, you probably hear sermons and sermons and sermons when it comes to families but it is a very important thing. You know, when you take that step to be married, 
It's more than just, okay, I've fallen in love, now I want to get married. There's so much involved in that, so much responsibility with that, you know, that you have to, you have to look at. And a lot of people don't take that seriously. You know, marriage is just something you think about for a little while. I, I'm always shocked to what individuals say to me when they, they'll call or they'll, they'll come up to me. Ronald, we want you to perform our wedding ceremony, okay? I, uh, we'll have to talk about that. Let's sit down and we'll, we'll talk over some things. We'll go through some things and, you know, we'll make that determination. They said, well, we're going to get married. I said, well, I've got to make a determination if I want to be a part of it. You know, you hate to say it like that, but that's what it really boils down to, isn't it? But it amazes me what some people say or what their impression is about marriage. The things that they don't even talk about, the things that they don't even discuss, the things that they don't even think that matters. What are you going to do when those things come up if you don't think about that? Now, you can't plan for every case scenario, but there ought to be some things that you, that you do plan for. One of the number one things that I always do is I always try to get them separate and I always have them right out where you see yourself in five years. And I'm always interested in what that will be, what each one of them thinks about. It doesn't mean that they have to be exactly alike, but their goals ought to be the same, shouldn't they? Where they think they're going to end up, where they're going to lead each other to, ought to be the same. And it shocks me sometimes how different uh, uh, that they are. I, I just Sometimes I'm just flabbergasted about how different they are. And then the argument that usually ensues when they hear each other's things, you know, it, it just tells me, you've got a little more talking to do. You've got a little more discussing to do. Uh, but it is a responsibility because, you know, you've got to have that knowledge. You've got to have that foundation. You've got to have that truth to begin with. So when I enter this marriage as, as a man, I've got to understand this is what my role is as a husband. Then if you decide to have children, this is what my role is as a father. And you have to take that seriously. The wife has to take that seriously. The mother has to take that seriously. Because we're stewards of these children that, that God has blessed us with, aren't we? We're, we're, we're stewards of that. We, we have to be accountable for that. Um, and that's something that we have to give an, give an answer for. Was I what now? No, I didn't. I don't think, did we? Well, I didn't officially get counsel, uh, counseling. Uh, I did have a, a few people uh, give me their opinions very, very easily. <laughs> Not on who I was marrying, but that I wasn't mature enough to do it. Uh, so that I wasn't thinking it through. So, yeah. And that was family. They told me that too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I like when I ask that question, why do you want to get married? Because we're in love. You know, we're in love. Okay, what are you going to do when that, that feeling may, not that it ever goes away by any means, but that, you know, when, when reality hits, is that going to be enough to carry you through when problems come around? Uh, and I have thought back of that, what my mindset was uh, on it. But I, I will tell you this. Uh, we actually talked with each other that we were going to be different. You know, we, we just made that decision. We're going to be different than what we've seen, you know. Uh, and that, that has been difficult. 
at times. I've not always succeeded at that. I, I, I failed in that uh, many times, but we were going to make what we seen before it be different. And I think sometimes uh, you can do one or two things. You can fall into a cycle and just keep repeating things, or you can say, I'm going to be different than this, you know. I'm going to be different than what I see. Um, I, I tell you one advantage I think that I did have, and, and maybe I didn't realize it till I got older, but growing up in Jackson County like I did with all its problems it may have, I didn't grow up going to church, but church was a part of my environment because they were everywhere, you know. So even though I didn't go, I went a few times, uh, but even though I didn't go, it made it, it did make, it did influence a lot of my decisions because I was around it a lot. And then it did cause me to realize, okay, here I've got some friends that are going this way. And, and now I've started getting and getting closer to friends that are going this way. I could see the difference. You know, I, I, I could, even though I didn't always choose to go that way, I could see that it was a better way. So I think in some ways that canceled me, that, that made it different. Um, but you just have to make, I, I just always thought even from a young age, even when I wasn't doing things that were right, there was something that was just, like I say, I was just around it. I, I knew a lot of people did. I always knew, I knew I was in the dark, but I could always see that light. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I've said it a bunch, and I don't care to say it if I embarrass him. That, that, that man sitting right there probably influenced me more than anybody in my, in my life at a, at a younger age. You know, Now, I probably influenced him in a lot of bad ways as far as aggravating. People still don't know why we're friends. But I tell you, and I'm not ashamed to say it, anytime I preach a funeral or go to a funeral of a friend that, that I used to have as a younger age that I, I thought that I were closer to that overdosed or done something, don't I? I always, I always call him every single time when I leave the funeral home and I say thank you. You know, just because, not that he was some great person, he, he was pretty irritating too. But, <laughs> but that, was, that was a difference that I saw in my life. Not only him, but the friends that were there in that, in that circle. You, you see a difference. Mark was one of them. Mark seen how bad that I, uh, well, he's he seen a few times where my mouth got me in trouble with my mama. I turn around, Mark be gone, run out of the house, you know, knowing a whooping was coming. But, uh, you know, you start seeing those things, though. You know, you, you, even though you wouldn't, uh, Food Town had a big part of that. I mean, it was a rite of passage come through Food Town, wasn't it? You know, working at Food Town. I mean, it's the influence that you make. You know, even though you may not be doing what you're supposed to do, there are influences that are around where you can see that light. So always be that light because you don't ever know who sees it. And it may be somebody that you don't think sees it, that you make a difference on, you know. Um, I've had some people come and tell me before, I want you to know you made a difference in my life here, 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 you know. I never realized that. I thought, I, I don't remember that. I don't remember, you know, this part. And it does make you feel good personally, but it does make you feel good to the fact, okay, here's why I did this, though. And it makes you reflect. Somebody let you see the light, be that hope for somebody else. You know, 
how else is the message going to get across if it don't? And we've got to be careful with that. And I think we all can relate basically the same way. Is, you know, you see that somewhere. You, you, you see that reflection of, of the light somewhere. Uh, let's go to our, uh, look at Romans 13, because this is a big one. I want to be sure and get this in. It says, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there's no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Therefore, you must be subject not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. Is this one an easy one to do and be a Christian? It's tough, especially in the environment that we live in. And we say that, but I think it would have been worse if you lived under Caesar or something. You know, I, we, we think how bad it is now. I mean, it's, it's, it's been bad before. It, it's hard to distinguish what our responsibility is and to distinguish what we should do and shouldn't do, what we should say and what we shouldn't say. And it's easy to get caught up in the fact of, okay, pick your side. You know, pick, pick, what, pick your battleground. Pick, pick, you know, these things. Well, we should have already picked a side, shouldn't we? Our side is Christianity. That, that's where our side is. And that's still where we have to shine that light. So, again, and we've talked about this many times, but we've got to be sure how we are in the environment that we're in that that doesn't change who we are. We're still Christians, no matter what's going on around us. And it should influence. You know, other people may be looking at, uh, what, what's your stance on this? What's your stance on this? And our stance should always be, here's what the Bible says, here's how I'm going to live my life. Here's the things I'm going to do. It shouldn't be hate. It shouldn't be, uh, uh, I started to say division, but there's going to be a certain level of division. There is when it comes to light and darkness. There's, there's a definite line and division. But it should be, again, letting that light shine, not shining that light to where it blinds somebody. And that's, that's, not, an easy, uh, that's not an easy thing to do either, to let our reflection of the light of our, our Savior influence individuals in that situation. Um, and and what, is the, what is the right way? Right, you know, what is the right things to say? What is the right things to get involved in and not get involved in? You know, you say, it's, it, it's my right. I, I've got to stand up for this. And see, we can do that like we do the truth itself. I can do as much harm with the Bible as I can do good. If I'm banging somebody over the head with it, is it really doing them any good? You know, the sword of the Spirit, if I don't know how to use a sword, I'm, I'm a harm to myself and those that are around me. Well, it's the same thing when it comes to a political environment. Same thing with what our responsibility is to those governing, governing bodies. I've got to understand what the right path is. I've got to understand how to use this sword in an effective manner, not in a reckless manner. And I'm speaking from experience. That's not an easy that's not an easy path to stay on clearly sometimes. You know, you, you can get hot under the collar. You know, you can get, you know, where you feel like you're just going uh, to explode sometimes because it makes you so mad. So, so what do you do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Honesty integrity is, is consistent with that is, Somebody should, 
somebody, if they know us over any period of time, they should be able to look at us and know where we stand on any subject. Because we, we know we stand on the truth. You know, I had someone say one time, that actually got me in trouble with the situation where they're in. Uh, there was a family member, and they said, they said uh, don't ask Ronald about that if you don't want to know what the truth is on it. You know, and the, the conversation that was there was a pretty delicate conversation. They were true in what they said, but sometimes people don't want to hear that truth. But if you're consistent with it, they'll respect it eventually. They'll, they'll acknowledge that, okay, we, I know the truth's going to come from this side. And it's not from what, what I'm saying that makes it true. It's the foundation that I'm standing on that makes it true. And if we consistently do that and consistently honest about it and have the integrity of it, then I think it's going to make a difference in any area of our lives. You know, uh, starting from talking to the teenage class, you know, when somebody wants you to do something that, that's not right and, and you stand and say you're not going to do it and they get mad, it's, it's not that they're mad at you, it's that they're not used to the light. They're trying to adjust to that light. And once they get adjusted to it, they get adjusted that you're going to be a reflection of that light in whatever area that you're in. It doesn't matter what piece of the pie that you happen to be in that particular day. It's still going to be the truth. It's still going to be the light. Then they'll realize it won't hurt their eyes as much. They may not agree with it, but they know that light's there. That hope is always there, and that influence can be there. And again, you don't ever know who uh, you may be influencing. Any further thoughts? Since we've got a little time, I could tell a few stories about me, Mike, and Rellin, and some of the things that we got involved in if you'd want us to. <laughs> there was one time, Mark comes flying over the top of Rellin's truck and lands in the road. I reckon when that was, Rellin. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 